This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. My dear friends, all of us live in one glorious reality. For millennia, we've thought there were two approaches to understanding reality, but of course, science and religion are mutually exclusive. There's no way they can both be right, and neither of them could tell us what our one reality actually is, because at this point, they're both belief systems, religion and science, theism and atheism. Even mainstream scientists have atheism as what they call science's, quote, fundamental dogma. I've seen it in writing. And, and for heaven's sake, where are we with that? Anything with a dogma is a religion by definition. So how can you and I find the truth? Well, when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from people we used to think were dead, we get a wonderfully complete picture of what actually is going on. And what we learn from the dead about our one reality is consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of Jesus. How wonderful is that? Our guest today is my extraordinary friend, Dr. Jamie Turndorf. She's popularly known as Dr. Love. I have a whole long biography about her, but I don't want to waste your time listening to that. I urge you to, to Google her and learn more about her. I want to talk about her book, which is the greatest love story I have ever read, and I am not young. I have never read anything like this. It will break your heart and thrill you at the same time. It's called Love Never Dies. And, and I, it's, this is a true story, which is what it makes it all the more glorious. I want to talk about that. But first, we're going to just be introduced to and hear a little bit about my dear friend, Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Welcome, Jamie. Hello. I'm so excited to be with you. <laughs> we, we, we fell in love with each other at first sight when you came on Ask Dr. Love Radio. And that was it. Yes. It was a love affair, right? <laughs> it, well, the thing is, we, we both believe, I should just tell everyone listening, we both believe that, that Jean brought us together. And I think more and more, I think that's probably true. Jamie asked for, for someone to be her friend. And, and uh, I think she's just outstanding. I cannot get over it. this wonderful person. Um, I'd like her to tell us a little bit about herself, her history, and then I want to launch into this, the love story because I, this is, it's a love story, but it's directly, as you'll see, on point of the things we talk about today. A love story across dimensions that continues and will continue for the rest of her life and eternally. So, Jamie, tell us about your past a little bit. All right. Well, you know, what I was going to say to you is because it, it really feeds into the whole question of afterlife communication and that we don't die. The, the most important thing to know about me is that from the time I was this really young girl, I had a, a detailed premonition of the man that I was going to marry, Roberta. I saw the man fleshed out. I saw his face. I saw everything about him. Really? So wow. I, I know. So, I mean, this was destined, it was preordained, so I waited. I just said, I'm not going to date, I'm going to wait until this man appears. And he did appear on the first day of my freshman year at Vassar College. 
I've been shut out of all the intro sociology classes, and I wanted to take intro social. So the secretary of the sociology department said, go ask Jean Pain, he's the chair of the department, if he could find a place for you in one of the closed sections. So I knock on his door, and the minute I step into his office, I have the first and only out-of-body experience I've ever had in my life. I feel my soul shooting at high speed through a tunnel to the end of my life. Then my body, my soul shoots back into my, my soul shoots back into my body, and I get this message, remember every aspect of this meeting, he's going to be everything to you one day. Wow. So I, I forget about this. I forget about this altogether. I go about my life at Vassar. You know, and I had heard that Jean had been, for most of his life, one of the most famous Jesuit priests in history. He taught at the Vatican. He wrote thousands of books and articles in ten languages. He had ten doctoral degrees. And I had heard that he launched to international fame when he publicly opposed the Pope and the Catholic Church, because they were trying to block the legalization of divorce in Italy. And he was a radical feminist priest. He didn't want to see women trapped in marriages where they were being abused. So he founded a movement called Liberation Theology, designed to fight church oppression from within. He fought the Pope and the Catholic Church, and he got the divorce bill passed, changed the course of Italian history, and then the Pope soon after granted him the dispensation of his vows so he wouldn't be excommunicated, and he was recruited by Vassar. Now, my background was so completely different from Jean's, I was raised by two devout Jewish atheists. I mean, they were devout atheists. <laughs> the, <laughs> the only religion that they practiced was religiously hating each other. Oh, what a lovely <laughs> life you had as a child. Oh, my they, heavens. They taught me not to believe in God or the afterlife. And meanwhile, Jean is this incredible mystic who, uh, you know, just so one with God. So now in the senior year at Vassar, I need help with the statistical portion of my thesis. And I had heard that at the Vatican, Jean had founded their only social research center, so I knew he was a statistician among his other 10 doctoral degrees. So I asked the guy, could you please help me, poor me, help me with my statistics? And within a few weeks, we knew. We were crazy for each other. We were soulmates, twins separated at birth. Despite our different ages, our different religions, our different cultures, we were crazy for each other. So... We were together from that point on for 27 years. We were inseparable. We wrote books together. We did, we restored houses together. Now, in the last year of his life, Jean started to have a premonition, and so did I have the same premonition, that he was going to die of an accident. We just didn't know when or where. Oh, Lord. So on the day we're about to leave for our final trip to Italy, Lightning strikes our rose arbor and destroys it, and then I see 40 huge black crows in the yard, and I'm getting a bad feeling, but we go anyway to Italy. And about a week into the trip, we are sitting on the beach, and his hand is up over his head, and I notice it. It's an odd position. It's as if to block the rays of the sun, but the next thing I see, a bee swoops down and stings him right at his left hand, you know, between the thumb and index finger at the exact oh, location wow. of Christ's stigmata. And I watch my beloved suffocate to death in front of my eyes. Oh, Lord. 
Now, Roberta, Roberta, this was such hell for me. I go back to the hotel room. I'm lying in the bed. I am shaking. I am trembling. I'm hysterically crying. And the next thing I know, I feel that man's hand stroke the entire length of my spine. And I know what I felt. I wasn't imagining it. I jump up and I look over my shoulder. Well, there was nothing and nobody there, but he was there and he has been with me ever since. And what happened was he started making manifestations of his ongoing presence, often in front of witnesses, and I soon realized we don't die. And as a result of this, I realized our relationships are not meant to end in death. So right. this led me to create an entirely new, I call it trans-dimensional grief therapy method, where I diverge completely from the Western approach, which is grieve, let go, move on, and do it in six months. And if you're not done, we're going to give you a psychiatric label and we're going to give you meds. So I say no. Say hello, not goodbye. And then the next thing I'm doing with this method in Love Never Dies is I bring my conflict resolution method, which I share in my first Hay House book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. I bring my conflict resolution method to the world of after-death communication because as a shrink I know, millions of people harbor unfinished business with those who have left their bodies. So I show you not only how to reconnect, but also how to make peace with the deceased. So that's Love Never Dies. It's my memoir and my new grief therapy method all rolled into one. Yes, but it's much more than that. Um, oh, the, yeah. the thing that astonishes me about your book is how emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, how in every way you make yourself naked. I don't think mm-hmm. I could be as open to sharing uh, private, private things, yes, including private weaknesses, that, as you are. It astonishes me. You read the... It, well, I have to also say, parenthetically, Jamie, you're one of the best writers I've ever read. Oh, uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know where, who taught you to write, but you write really well. And yeah, it, reads, it reads like a novel. I mean, I, it's yeah. rare to find a novel that reads like this. You, she, here's a woman who has found what all of us, I think, look for, and frankly... We're all imperfect, and imperfect people marry imperfect people, so very seldom does anyone find this kind of perfect love. Mm-hmm. And she has it for 27 years. And um, just reading the extent of that love, reading about these people, to me, was really gripping. Even yeah. knowing, you know, he's about to leave. Of course, I know he's not going anywhere. But right. but, but I, I just found this... I, I couldn't put the book down because of this beautiful love story that is the core of it. Yes, we learn, and, and I want to talk about the conflict resolution with the dead part of this. Yeah. Probably, well, but, but let's first I want to dwell on the love story. Now, yes, when, and that it doesn't end. That's what's so amazing. Somebody said to me yesterday, you must have this as a film because, of course, his manifestations proving he's still here and our love is ongoing. It's not just, oh, I'm holding him in my heart. He makes it clear, Jamie, I'm still here. Do you want me to let you know how I began to realize this? How? <laughs> well, I mean, how? The, mo- the, the first night back, okay, I'm lying in the bed crying again. I'm here alone in our marital bed. And the next thing I know, Roberta, I start hearing Jean quoting a passage to me. Now, I know he's quoting something, but I don't know what it is. So the next day, I go to meet his priest. 
And I say, my husband's been speaking to me, and he's quoting something. So the priest raises his brow in obvious skepticism, like, oh, yeah, right, yeah, she's round yeah. with the bend. This bitch oh, is yes, lost her mom. Oh, yes, I Yeah, yeah, you go know? ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So I say to the priest what I heard. The priest goes white. He crosses himself. He says, dear <laughs> Lord, Jamie, <laughs> at first I didn't believe that John was speaking to you, oh. but I do now. You are quoting an obscure biblical passage from the communion of saints. Like I would know. I never read yeah. the Bible. I didn't go to church, you were, right? You were never a Christian, right? Wow. Well, I, wow. John, I didn't discuss religion, <laughs> which I realized he didn't do on purpose so that I would be a more believable spokesperson, you know, a mainstream shrink, never knew anything about the Bible. And now he's quoting something to me, and the priest has to tell me it's from the communion of saints. So yeah, it I... took me a year to understand why he quoted that passage. And I finally understood. He was giving me the foundation of my whole new grief therapy method. He's telling us the communion of saints says that our loved ones in spirit are one with or in communion with God and the saints. And since we're supposed to stay in communion and communication with God and the saints, the Bible is saying we are supposed to stay in communion and communication with our loved ones who are one with God and the saints. And he said to me, death is an illusion. There's a very thin veil between the realm where you are and the realm where I am. The veil is thinner than you can ever imagine, Jamie. I'm standing, standing right, right here. here. He, that's thing, what he said I, to me. Okay, you want to talk about all that stuff that has to do with, frankly, the topic of these podcasts. I am still in love with a love story. You just love my love story. I, I can't begin right, to so tell you. Let me just tell you some of the loving things that he did well, after he left his life. Can I make a point? I want to make a point to people because I've been married 42 years. I have friends who've been married a long time. I know from love stories. Um, the, the thing about this love story is that she even makes it naked to us. She talks about the imperfections of each of the partners and how they're trying to work to overcome them. I think yeah. that's what makes this so important. It's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's not just about the fact that their love is eternal. And frankly, you both came in with this as your message and your, and your, yes. and your mission. I know that yes. that's true. But it's about how, and you're a relationship therapist, you would know from how to do this, but it's about how people who love each other can keep strengthening and getting past their imperfections and working together to make it an ever more perfect love. I think that, to me, is why many people should be reading your story, even, even if they already know. I mean, maybe we already know that people survive. We don't need that part. Maybe our relationship is okay. We don't need the, you know, with our dead mother. We don't but need our relationship pr improves. That's the point. Oh, that yes. in spirit form, I mean, yes, absolutely there was a pact here that he would have to leave his body so that I would tell our story, so that I would be telling everybody we don't die and our relationship it's not just oh we don't die our relationships aren't meant to end in death and our relationships continue to grow and evolve that we continue working out our stuff with our loved ones fixing unfinished business and in fact this is the most amazing part of the love story and i share this very nakedly you know because i was born into a family that was very abusive they, they were verbally abusive and physically abusive. No matter how much work I did on myself, there was always this core inside of me that didn't really love myself enough, you know, that would hear my parents' very mean voices, and those voices oh. would reverberate in my head. And I did so much work, and I couldn't make the voices quiet. And my husband, who adored me, revered me, and even all of his earthly love, 
wasn't able to fix this. So here you go. Uh, after he leaves his body, I'm in my professional group and I'm bemoaning this. How do I get these mean voices that put me down to be quiet? And all the professionals are saying, well, just have our voices yell louder and tell them to go shut oh. the F up and this and that. And I just kept saying, but that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So I come back from my group and here it is. My husband is showing me that he in spirit form has come to help me complete my healing and my spiritual development. He says to me, he just takes my face in his hand. He turns my face toward the light which is surrounding him. And all he says is, listen, listen, listen. And then I knew what he was saying. You can't shout out the mean voices. Just listen to my love. And here's the magical thing, the miraculous thing. His love for me poured into me. It was his love that became, in one moment, my self-love. And this could never happen when he was in a physical body because his physical body blocked his ability to fully reach me and enter me. But in spirit form, now freed from the vessel of his physical body, his love could enter me unimpeded, and now he fully heals me. Yes, and we are, we're, we're going to take, need to take just a brief break, but um, I want to say the, part, the passage in the book where she talks about this experience just is so moving. As I say, because you're such a beautiful writer, it comes across unbelievably well. But we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Our guest today is a glorious, my glorious friend, Dr. Jamie Turndorf. We'll be right back. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available for free on iTunes. Just look for Roberta Grimes and Seek Reality. And I have to tell you, in a little more than a year, more than 130,000 friends have elected to subscribe. Thank you so much for joining us. We do everything I do is for you. Today we're talking with my beautiful friend, Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and she has just talked about the glorious moment when her husband in spirit got through to her and healed her internally by basically replacing all this negative energy. And, and frankly, reading about your, your horribly abusive childhood, physically abusive childhood, if you can imagine, um, and no wonder you became a counselor. Reading about that and then seeing that, that all gone because of what Jean did was just, just mm-hmm. a, a very emotional experience for me, I have to say. Yes, I know. 
I know. And what I'm really what I'm saying now is, and I know this to be true, we all know our purpose on earth is to perfect our ability to love ourselves and others fully. But we can't love others if we don't fully love ourselves. So the, the fast track to self-love is to connect with your loved ones in spirit because their love for us is so abundant. And now that they're freed from the vessel of their bodies, the spirit their love just enters us unimpeded, and now they can heal us, body, mind, spirit, in ways that they never could do when they were in an earthly body. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's important that we understand that, at least in my experience, uh, of all of the hundreds and hundreds of communications from the dead I've read that were received before about 1950, I have never seen a single case where a dead person didn't forgive everybody. Everybody. I don't care if it was an abusive parent, if it was a guard at Auschwitz. You forgive after death. The problem is learning to forgive when you're alive. And what what Jamie's book does is to to help us deal with that with grief work and putting away the, 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 the blame and putting away the suffering of our past and forgiving what happened. You don't have to condone it. You're not saying it's okay that it happened. But you're saying, I'm letting it go. I'm not going to. Absolutely. Forgiveness is always for yourself. It's never for the other person. You're saying, because yes. I need to forgive, I am forgiving you from my heart. I release you. We are both whole beings. We are, and, and we'll be together soon. And when you're together, believe me, you will embrace. I don't care who it is. You will embrace because we are all part of one another. And you know, also the thing I talk about in the third section of Love Never Dies, I show how I have some very poignant examples from my own cases, my own patients who have uh, healed, you know, their incredible pain with parents who have abused them sexually, um, all kinds of abuse. And what we see is that our loved ones in spirit are desperately wanting to help us work this out. Their own spiritual development and growth requires them to confront the matter with us, for for us to confront them. They need us to work it out with them. They need it as much as we need it. That's an important point to make. Um, And I want to talk about some of those cases because some of them are really uh, amazing. Um, But but I want to just say something from my own past I was not abused as a child. I had, I, if you could imagine your childhood at one extreme, I had the other extreme. I, my father wanted me to be the first woman president of the United States. And you they are. Would, they would say, <laughs> no, I'm not, though. But they would say, I wouldn't want to be that. But, but they would say in front of my younger sister, they would tell people they had had her so I would have someone to play with. So she had a whole different childhood than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one who's so part. She, Yeah, she's, she's healed in glorious ways. But And, and while my mother was still with her she she they completely healed it but um but it, it, i don't know where i was going with this oh but my my, fa- my father was an alcoholic till i was 11 or 12 and then he quit cold turkey he died 20 years before my mother because he there were there was a great difference in age i i would try to reach him through psychics and because when I was doing this research, I was trying to reach anybody I could find back there. And they all got bored and stopped coming through after a while because I went to so many psychics as I did this research. <laughs> I, people would describe him, but he would never speak. They could never get him to speak. Then 20 years, almost to the day after his death, my daughter, who was then doing some research on mediums as well, went to a medium. And he came through to her and he said, will you please ask your mother and your aunt to forgive me for having ruined their childhood? There it is. 
he 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 had spent 20 years in in this in this of course they don't there's no time there so it didn't feel like 20 years to him but he had been right. wrapped up in this guilt which if i had only known i would immediately have said everything is fine dad just enjoy yeah, now. right but i didn't i didn't even know so if you if you aren't able to communicate with your parents Maybe they're feeling bad about stuff you weren't even aware of because there's, except for the drinking, which was kind of negative for a while, I don't remember anything that would, would have, I mean, 20 years of earth life. You know, you know what's so amazing? I have, I tell one story of a woman who was so angry with her mother and her father. He was an alcoholic, mother worked day and night, and she, she just carried, my patient carried this boatload of anger and could not set it aside. And so finally, one day we used my new dialoguing with the departed technique, and I tried to have her dialogue with her mom, and she was just so upset she couldn't really do the dialogue. So we did something that was really amazing, and I had her just temporarily step into her mom's shoes and speak her mother's reality. And in that moment, I watched centuries of hurt and anger and resentment just vaporize. She finally just said, I understand now my mother's reality, her pain, her limitations, and she was in peace with her mom. Isn't that, I, yeah, I remember that story, and, and yeah. I think that's remarkable. The, what what, what um, Jamie, Dr. Love, what Dr. Love does, it, Dr. Jamie Turndorf, is to, based on her own history of pain, she gets, she understands people's childhood pains or, or unresolved issues with, with childhood and parents and other people. Uh, but then she has this glorious connection with an extremely advanced being. He's certainly level six, um, which is about it, which is as high as you can go without being rejoined to the source. And, and he is working through her to have, mm-hmm. to have these greater insights that enable her to help people find the ways to finally heal on this plane before you get there, which exactly. to me is such valuable work. This is critical. Exactly. And he said to me right after he left his body, now do you understand why you're Dr. Love? And I'm saying, huh? Why? What? <laughs> right. Right. He says, because all the millions of people you love and touch, I can love and touch them through you. And in fact, it is so remarkable. He works with me and my patients. He has come to my patients who never knew him because they, they're my patients after he left his body. They never saw his picture. I don't have his picture in my office. And they'll say to me, uh, a man came to me in my room last night. He was sitting in the chair and he was smiling and he spoke to me about X, Y, and Z, whatever we're working on. So I go get the photo album. I don't even point him out. I say, do you see the man who came to you? Him. <laughs> oh, I, I and I think it's kind of if if you're interested at all in this. Now, what is your website, Jamie, so people know how to how to reach you? AskDrLove.com. A S K D R Love dot com. There's a there's a video trailer there for the book, which I th- I urge people to to watch because it will give you some sense of of just this glorious love story and the and the tragedy and triumph of of the the experience they had with his you know physical death, but frankly they're closer than they ever were. Um, and it also yes. it also includes pictures of him. To see pictures of him is very yeah. enlightening. He does look as if he glows. He looks he does. like. He I looks know. like a, an advanced being, even though he's in a body. And that, he wasn't in a body. That's the crazy thing. I didn't even get that till after he left his body. Dude, you weren't all here, even when you were here. <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah. He walked with this weightless, ethereal 
aspect. And one time he tripped on ice, you know, and he fell flat on his face. Not a scratch, not a mark. He never ailed. Meanwhile, I'd have been in the hospital for seven months. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, he yeah. was so um, just absolutely. And the thing is, he continues to be exactly the same. And you know what I've been saying? I'm, I'm doing a Hay House radio show because uh, Love Never Dies is a Hay House book. And I'm calling it Love Never Dies. It's every Tuesday at noon. And while I do the show, what's so amazing is people are calling me from all over the world, weeping. You know, it is so amazing to have a mainstream shrink, you know, a famous woman come out and admit all this. We're not crazy. And just right. by listening to you tell us about this, it's opening our eyes to, the, to, to realizing our loved ones are here with us. But so in the last couple of weeks, because it was the anniversary of his bodily death, I said, from now on, I don't want you to call the anniversary of a loved one's death the anniversary. Call it the anniversary, because it's the day they're born into their spirit body, and it is the yes. birth of your new spiritual relationship with them. And you know how he let me know this, <laughs> Roberta, is so, it's so romantic, because <laughs> here it is, I'm bawling my eyes out, you know, I'm a new oh. widow. And everybody's walking up to me saying, you're glowing, you're glowing. So I finally sit down and I say, Jean, why is everybody telling me I'm glowing when I'm bawling my eyes out? So he says, because Janie, brides glow. We're newlyweds in the new spiritual phase of our oh, relationship. Yes. Yeah, is that right. beautiful? And then to confirm that I heard him correctly, I get an email in my inbox from this guy who's disabled. I don't know him, but he had seen a mattress endorsement that I had done a few weeks before, and he had written to me saying, do you really like the mattress? <laughs> and I said to him That's at nice. the time, yes, I like the mattress, but I can't talk to you. My husband just died. So on this night that John has told me we're newlyweds in the new spiritual faith, this disabled guy writes me again. And all he says is, I thought you'd like to see a picture of my beloved bird, Jamie. So I'm thinking, this is already weird because Jean and I had a beloved bird. We loved birds and our bird was fluffy. So I look at the picture of this bird, but underneath this attachment, there's another attachment. So I open up this attachment and Roberta, what is it? It's a picture of the Arc de Triomphe in Paris. And yeah. where did Jean and I go on our honeymoon? Paris. And where did our hotel room overlook on our honeymoon? The Arc de Triomphe. So Jean was saying to me, did I just tell you we were newlyweds? So oh. I get this guy to send me this picture. So I write the guy back and I say, do you know why you sent me the second photo? Roberta, I never heard from him again. No. So was... I don't even think he was a real being. I think my husband no. used an earthly prop. I talk about this in Love Never Dies, how spirits being pure energy can communicate with us through earthly props, especially electronic devices because they're energy. And I, he just somehow got that letter out to me with the, I, with the picture. My, my most recent book has been out just a few weeks. It's The Fun of Staying in Touch. And much of the latter part of... Jamie's book is exactly the same stuff I talk about in the fun of staying in touch. There yeah. are pre predictable ways that our loved ones will try to keep in touch with us. Now, the difference here is Jean is a very powerful being, a really powerful being. So he was able to batter down Jamie's resistance, and there was resistance in the beginning. I, I, don't, I, I think you, the, the grief is a powerful repellent to spirit so yes. you, you know, your your grief was something he had to get through yes but, it acts as like it's it's like i i use the metaphor of like stormy climate blocks the reception of television and radio signals yes. well our emotional storms interfere with their ability to send and receive signals with us 
Right, right. And, yeah. and, so, and that's something to keep in mind, getting past grief as soon as possible. And I, I'm not saying get over it. You'll never get over it. But understanding, making sure you really get the fact that your loved one is an eternal mind and that the relationship can continue. When you get that, you at least tamp it, the grief down enough so that they can exactly. for them to get through to you. And exactly. Then, as Jamie shows, and as, as uh, the people that I, I cite in the, the Fun of Staying in Touch show, it's amazing what can happen if you allow it to happen in terms of the relationship continuing. It just goes on. It, and it gets better in a way because here they've got a lot of other stuff on their minds. Their love is all that matters, and they exactly. love you. And so they're going to be intense in their love for you. Yeah, like it's all about it. He says, like in quotes, in uh, rhyme all the time, what else is there for me to do? It's my full occupa- full-time occupation to love you. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? And, and yeah. because, because there's no time there, even though there are other things that they can do and enjoy doing, they still are full in time, all the time, involved in our lives if we allow them to be. If and maybe I allow them, it. Yeah, I'm, a love, I'm, sure. I'm a love slut. <laughs> Just bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, actually. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't put it that way quite, Jamie, but that's how we all should be because that's what life is for. All of I our know. lives, every day, all day long, whatever your occupation is, doing it with love, whatever, the, the, the zone in which we should live all the time is love. That's where he, what we're here to learn. Now do you understand it, why they call you Dr. Love? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> She yeah. she deals with other kinds of love, and by the way, and originally, I mean, I, I've seen some of the other things. She'll talk about all kinds of love with you folks, but um, <laughs> this is this is the kind of love with, that ultimately we all are about or need to become about. And what, what your situation illustrates, as do a number of others, as does mine, frankly, is mm-hmm. that this merger between what we would call mainstream um, professionals and entertainment and all of that, this merger of that with what we used to erroneously call paranormal um, is, is happening and it's, it's becoming complete fairly quickly. Nothing is paranormal. It's just normal, but science has been clueless about it because it won't look at it. But mm-hmm. everything we're talking about is as absolutely real as the room around you. Everything we talk about is basic and scientifically investigatable and provable. It's just that it's first now that the merger is happening. And thank you, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jean, for being pioneers in this yes. and helping people see it. And, Jamie, the fact that you're willing to be so open about yes. some embarrassing things. She, talks, she calls herself vain all the time. I mean, I would have, even if I were, and I'm certainly not. I would, what did I, would, I say? I would, wait, wait, what did I say? You, you, you said you were vain or, or something because and bothered you about your weight. Because, <laughs> yes, and yes. I said, oh, my goodness, I would never say that. But, you know, that is so endearing because all of us in our hearts, uh, I, I, you know, have that little, um, I'm vain. really pretty. Yes, yeah. I, I'm really pretty. My, my physical body matters. All of yeah. those things, we all have it. And so to admit it and to be open and naked to that extent to people is really very touching, Jamie. I, I, I really was very touched to see how completely you were willing and to talk about the abuse as a child, to talk about all of that. Bless you, dear. I mean, that's hard to talk about. And you did very. it so well. And I've taken a, you know, a beating for it because I have no family as a result of all of this. And it's interesting because right before 
uh, my first Thanksgiving, I said to Jean, please remove any obstacles to our ministry. This is my passion to tell our love story and to let other people know. As Jean said, let our love shine like a torch that lights the path for others. So I said, please remove any obstacles. And within a week, my father was out of my life and my mom is too. And, you know, so it's been a very painful and lonely journey for me because even though I am connected with him in spirit, you know, on the earth plane, we are, you know, physical beings. It's nice to hear a voice or go out to dinner with people. And so that's where you came into my life because I said, I want you to bring me a new spiritual family, you know, and very soon after, there you were. Well, and, and I'm part of a, a very intensely involved spiritual family, I have to say. Um, we all find each other, and now you're part of the group. All these people who are trying to help the world come to understand the glorious truth of what we really are. And Jamie is certainly part of that group. So welcome, dear. It's a big yeah. but happy, very happy family. Yeah, we're going yeah. to take we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be back, and we're going to talk more about the specific techniques for healing the relationships that we thought we couldn't heal because the bodies are not there. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. You are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, you never will end, and when you really understand all the implications of that fact, it'll change everything in your life for the better. Our guest today is the wonderful Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and we'll be right back. Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking today with my wonderful friend and in spirit soulmate, Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Um, Jamie and I actually haven't known each other that long, but we feel as if we've known each other forever. And that's what happens when you reconnect with people you knew before you ever were born. We all write life plans. And there are a, a number, quite a large number of people who... In, in the you know mid-century, thereabouts, between, I'd say, 1940 and 1960, we're writing life plans to be part of this process of bringing the truth to the world. And clearly, Jamie and Jean, uh, of course, he would, have, he would have been writing it with you long before, although maybe not, because we travel out of our bodies every night, and it's 
quite possible that you were working on that life plan even when he was in a body. We there's so much we we know a little bit about, but not a lot about. But what tells true, me we were always together. Okay, well then always, you know. Uh, that's so romantic. Oh yeah. my goodness. The, 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 the core reason to read her book, I, want to, I can't stress this enough, is because it's such a beautiful love story. You have never read a romantic novel that will grip you like this perfectly true love story written by somebody who actually, you know, you could write novels because you write so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so let's go back to talk now about what the techniques are that people can use who have an unresolved issue with someone who has died. You know, she's dead, he's dead. I can't ever fix it. I've got this wound inside or I'm still okay. angry or whatever. That's How do you do that? Okay, and the first thing I always want everybody to remember is sometimes you have to wait until somebody leaves his or her body to work it out because they're more evolved in their spirit bodies. So right. one of my patients says, I wish my mother would hurry up and die so we could finally work this out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading that, yeah. Well, that's, that's you know. funny, right? So, all yes. right, so first, first thing you want to do, you don't even attempt to use my dialoguing with the departed technique until you're sure you're in a state of receptivity. Because if you're not receptive, then it's like trying to talk to somebody who's not on the other end of the line. Okay, so I show you, I have a whole chapter on how to create receptivity. I show you how to be still and quiet, show you how to use your breath to open your receptivity. I show you how to surrender to all your emotional states, but also not get too upset because that blocks you. I show you how to enter a trance through meditation, deep hypnosis, prayer, yoga, tai chi, qigong, whatever works for you. I show you how to use your hypnagogic or twilight states be more receptive, like when you first wake up, and also how to use nature to help you reconnect. And then I also have some fun exercises for you to heighten your five senses, okay? And now when you're really open and you're really receptive, then you can begin your dialogue. And what you do is I have a meditation for making contact, and I literally walk you through putting you into that place where you're ready to dialogue. So you're open. Now we've done the meditation for making contact, and now here you are, and you're ready to dialogue. So there are a few different ways that we can dialogue. One way is we can dialogue through uh, automatic writing. So with automatic writing, you get out your notebook, and you just start writing. But here's the key in dialoguing with the departed, my new technique. You speak out loud as you write. And you don't only just speak what your words are, you speak the other person's, the other being's words as well. And if you prefer, you can also use a tape recorder. And again, speaking out loud. Okay? Now, a lot of people will tell me, oh, I tried, but then what I find they were not doing correctly was they weren't speaking out loud. Must speak out loud. We have to hear the words coming in and out of our ear. Now, another way for us to dialogue is through uh, going into the hypnagogic state when we're just about to go, to go to sleep or better yet, when we're first awakening. And again, we dialogue out loud. And I like for you to record what you're hearing because you're going to be amazed. You don't pause to reflect. You just let your pen guide you. And the spirit being, whoever you're dialoguing with, will just guide your pen and the words will come out. So now what happens when you're dialoguing is you might be a little unskilled at first because we're all born with this ability to dialogue. We all energetically communicate as a matter of course. You think about twins knowing when the other twin is in trouble on opposite ends of the earth and we get signals and we send them back and forth, close couples, parents and children. So all we're doing is we're just turning your television channel to another channel, which is the send and receive 
spirit energetic communications channel. And you may be a little rusty at first, but I have a very good example uh, in the book, In Love Never Dies, of a woman who starts to dialogue with her father who violated her sexually and then left home. And when she begins to hear him, she only hears a part of a sentence. He says, I didn't know. That's all she heard. But I and the rest of the group heard the rest of the sentence. I didn't know what else to do, meaning I couldn't stop my abuse, so I didn't know what else to do except to leave. So as she practices, she hears more and more and more until now she's off and running and hears the full sentences. Yeah, wow. Yeah, one of the things about speaking aloud, I should just say, is that when you get a sign from the dead, it's very good, especially if they're they're coming irregularly, if you're trying to strengthen the relationship you have with a dead person. Always say, thank you, I see that, please do something else. Say it aloud, although they can hear your thoughts, that there's something about that energy of speaking the words that strengthens it. Saying it out loud makes it it. real. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it it strengthens the energy, really, literally the energy of your loved one. If they're not as strong a being as Jean, you you have to strengthen them. So you say it out loud, and also, too, because we're used to audible conversations, and obviously we don't hear voices, but thoughts. They will speak to us and dialogue with us through thought induction. They will literally put a thought in our head or an image or a picture. You know, they will communicate that way. And it's not that we're going to hear a voice, but whatever we hear coming in, whether it's, you know, a picture or a thought, we write it down, you know. And um, then we talk back and forth. We keep doing this, like with the woman who was uh, molested that I talked about. We did the dialogue back and forth until there was peace. And it may not happen in one conversation, but that's okay. They have an eternity to work it out with you. There's no rush. And they're not asking you to not be mad at them. If that's where you're at when you need to start, that's where you're at. And the other thing that I also show you in Love Never Dies is how to do a supervised visitation. Because often when we've been abused as kids, physically or mentally, there is still a lingering fear of confronting that being or that parent because the little child inside us is still scared. So I show you how to get around that and so that you can still dialogue and not be feeling in danger. Yeah, it, it's, um, I, I thought it, that these were very clever, some of these exercises. I've done, I have zero experience with counseling people, and this is what you do for a living. So um, I, I know you're coming from a professional position, but from my perspective, in, as someone who has spent my life researching death, it, it strikes me as a very sensible way to actually connect with the dead to be doing these things. You're opening yourself and strengthening them just by the fact that you're open to it. You're, 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 you're enabling them to come to you in ways that they can't. If you don't believe and you're certain it can't happen, I'm telling you, it never will happen. But here you are opening yourself to a, to a conversation, to a relationship with someone who no longer is in body. And they, they believe me. They want to help you heal. There is nobody who does not. They want to. Yes. They're here to help you evolve, to learn your spiritual lessons, to, to uh, work it out with you, and they desperately need to work it out. You know that story I tell that, about the lady, the bird lady, who yes. called me to go to her place. It was on Good Friday, and you know I was so sad because I was unable to save our own little bird, Fluffy, but something leads me, and it's Jean, go to her place on Good Friday, and I walk in, and there is a little bird, a Goulian finch, 
sitting in a cage and she says to me, now I don't know her, I don't know her, her family life, I just know her because she tried to help me save my bird and we couldn't. So I see this little Ghoulian finch and she says, you see this bird here, this bird will be dead by the end of the day because little ones, if they don't eat, they don't have any energy and they drop dead and this one was not looking good. So I said to her, can I help uh, try to heal the bird? So she says, okay. So I go over to the bars and I press my cheek against the bars and I begin to speak aloud to the bird. Again, energetic communication. Whether, the, whether you're on the earth plane, whether you're energetically communicating with animals or whether you're energetically communicating with spirits, it's all energy. So I say to the bird out loud, even though I know I could communicate the message energetically without saying it, I say aloud to the bird, go down to your seed bowl and start eating right away. The bird immediately listens to me, starts scarfing up the seeds like a little mini vacuum, sucking them in, and he's getting more and more energy, and now he even starts to sing. I see he's okay. Now I become aware that there's a spirit presence hovering in this room, and I'm thinking this is what might have made the bird sick. So I hear it's the mother of this bird woman, and I hear the mother saying, I apologize to you. I apologize. I was such a weakling. I didn't protect you from your father. Now, weakling is a very odd word. I say it aloud, and this woman, the bird lady, says, that's exactly what my mother used to say. She used the word weakling all the time. Now, the next thing I know, the bird starts to act weirdly again. He's craning his neck and he's looking upset and he stopped eating. Now I'm confirmed. A spirit presence is bothering this bird. I tell him, go back, eat those seeds. I'm here. I'll help with the spirit. So now I feel my eyes being pulled to the ceiling where I see this purple witching ball. And I don't know why my eyes are being pulled there. I own a ball like this. Did I give it to her? Um, do I still have mine? I, I'm all confused, but this was a clair-sentient moment where the spirit of her father was pulling my eyes there so that I would talk about the ball. And I mention it, and she says, I bought the ball for protection. That was why Dad wanted me to look at it so that he could then start to say, you don't need protection from me anymore. I can't hurt you, and I am so sorry about the way I violated you, and you must face me. She starts saying to me, I'm scared to death of him. I still feel I need protection. I'm afraid of the guy, even though he's dead. And I start telling her what he's saying and that he need not be a frightening figure in her life anymore. He just wants to work it out. He wants her to confront him. And he says, my spiritual development and evolution requires you to confront me with this. Well, we went through this whole dialogue. And in the end, she was in peace. See, this is, this is what is possible for all of us. Whatever the unresolved issues are, we can resolve them. I am so sorry we're coming to the end of yeah. what has been an extraordinary time together. Jamie, say again what your website is and, and how they could get, can hear you on the radio. Okay, so you can find out everything at AskDrLove, A-S-K-D-R-Love, or drlove.com. You sign up for my newsletter, Join the Love Revolution. You'll receive the preface and introduction of Love Never Dies. And, of course, when you purchase Love Never Dies, I have a new love sweepstake. So you can automatically be entered oh. in that for a brief time. And then you can you know, hear me on Hay House Radio Tuesdays, Eastern Time at noon, noon Eastern. And, but just come to AskDrLove.com and you'll find out everything there. And, and frankly, uh, you are one of the most extraordinary people I have ever met, and you're just at the start of what is a glorious new ministry with a really unbelievably advanced being. So bless you, darling. I'm so glad. Thank you for being here with me and I'm sharing so this time. I'm and, so thrilled to be with you. 
And meanwhile, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and The Fun of Staying in Touch, which fits perfectly, frankly, with with, uh, Jamie's book, Love Never Dies. I urge you strongly to read that. My book, The Fun of Staying in Touch, explores the many ways in which the dead, our dead loved ones give us signs for their survival and also makes some exciting ways, brand new ways that we can contact them. My novels include My Thomas, which is a story of the American Revolution told from the perspective of Thomas Jefferson's One Beautiful Marriage. My Letters from Love are novels that follow three generations of a wealthy American family and explore how we can use what we're learning from the dead to finally make human life actually work you'll find details about all my books plus my blog at robertagrimes.com and if you sign up there you and i can stay in touch we've been talking with my beautiful friend dr jamie turndorf dr love her book Lever- now, love never dies is the is a book you must read even if you've never read a self-help book before because it's not that it's a love story next week please join us Dr. R. Craig Hogan, who has been with us many times, is co-chair of a really exciting conference of the Afterlife Research and Education section of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in September of next year. We're going to get a first preview of what that's going to be like. You've You've got to hear this. It's going to be unbelievable. Now, go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.